Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Welcome back, Wastelanders and Vault Dwellers. This is your host, Tom Robots, and this week we have a very special episode where we are talking about favorite side quests. But before we get into that with our special patron guests, I wanted to take a second to thank all of you for your support. And let's go over some really quick uh, new subscribers on Patreon and some of the reviews that came in over the last month. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much to our new patrons this month, including Justin B., our new tier four patron, and Tyler Y., and another Justin without a last name. Thank you so much for your support and welcome to the Patreon. I hope you guys are enjoying the ad-free experience. And we also have some reviews for November. Let's jump into these really, really quick. We have one that comes from uh, the Outcast Virus from the, the U.S. who says, Awesome podcast, five stars. This podcast delivers wonderful lore about the Fallout universe while connecting with the audience. A must-hear for Fallout fans. Well, thank you so much for that. That is awesome. And then we also have one from Eric Gold in the U.S. who writes, So great! Five stars. If you are a sucker for lore like me, look no further. Robots with Zeros does an amazing job breaking down the lore into bite-sized digestible bits that are easy to understand as well as involving the community. Also, the addition of the robots has been quite fun. Uh, I think you mean <laughs> the, the robot voices. That's awesome. I look forward to listening every week. Eric, uh, a.k.a. Sullior from the Nintendo podcast. Well, thanks, Eric. Um, so if you are interested in subscribing, check out patreon.com slash fallout lorecast. And if you are a tier four or higher subscriber, then you can do like the people on this episode that you're about to hear and guest on the show every month that you are a subscriber. 
And if you're not interested in doing that, then you can subscribe at any of the other tiers and get the rewards for that as well, like an ad-free experience. Um, also, if you want to get your words on the show, then drop me a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, five stars reviews will get called out on future episodes of this show at the end of each month. So I'm not going to take any more of your time with our housekeeping stuff. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It was a ton of fun to record with our patrons and... I I just I'm excited for you to hear it. So here you go. Cool. Okay. So I'll do a little a little intro here. Got to get the uh, the old bagpipes leaned <laughs> out. Is that an expression? Do people say that about their vocal cords? They I've should. never heard that. They just they just <laughs> say pipes, dude. <laughs> Bagpipes. These are my old bagpipes. They only, they only, um, so every time I talk, they are constantly humming a single note with another note on top of it. Oh, God. <laughs> what if, what, I need a robot that sounds like that. That sounds like bagpipes. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. There you go. That was my impersonation of a bagpipe. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fallout Lorecast for our very special end of the month patron episode. And this week we have, this month I guess I should say, we have a an absolute packed house. I have five guests with me and I'm just going to get right to it because you guys have heard a number of these already. So let's just start with the intros. Woman on Fire, welcome back. How's it going? Hey, doing good. Good to be good, here good. again. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, how many of this is, is in a row for you now? Uh, four, maybe? four. Yeah, I think you've been on all of them, haven't you? No, I didn't. Wasn't on the very first one. In fact, Not I was actually. That, although that was the one that uh, convinced me to become a patron. So, yay. oh, nice, nice. Well, well thank you for continuing <laughs> your support. Like, and for I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. And then we also have Victor. Welcome back, Victor. Hello. Hello. Things are good. How are you? Pretty good. I'm still down in the cities, but I, at least I still have good signal. <laughs> hey, yeah. Yeah. Good signal. That's awesome. And then we have um, some new ones this week. Uh, Navy Justin 83. Welcome to the, to the patron episode. Thank you for being a patron and, and welcome. How are you? Thank you. Great to have me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, this is exciting for us to have new people joining us. I hope it's as exciting for you, too. Oh, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. And then we have um, a true dog who is standing in this. This. Uh, so the dynamic here is that uh, Perdinelle's Falls, who, which I never can pronounce, uh, was letting Mustang take uh, her position on the show. And Mustang couldn't make it this week. He's got his own Dungeons and Dragons show that you guys should go check out. Um, and the name is uh, Dungeons, Dragons and Dudes. Is that what it's called? Do you guys recall? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. That's, that's the name of the show. Uh, so yeah, go check that good. out. And then, um, so because he couldn't make this time, uh, a true dog is joining us. Welcome to the show, a true dog. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's nice to have you. You've been uh, on the Patreon or on the uh, Discord for a while and, and part of the community. It's nice to have you jumping on for the first time. Yeah, I'm lucky enough to be here because I'm not fully tier four Patreon, but yeah, really happy to be here. Well, hey, maybe maybe you'll enjoy doing this and then, you know, you'll decide to jump back in some other time. Or maybe you'll get a guest pass again for another week, you know, if you uh, sabotage Mustang's drink or something and make him sick. Don't do that. Don't do that. Nobody 
Nobody should be sabotaging anybody's drinks. Um, <laughs> I will awkwardly move on to the next, next and final person. Aperture Flash, welcome back again this week. And congratulations for not currently being in a truck or at least on the road. <laughs> I am currently, I'm always in a truck, my friend. But Right, uh, right. I, I, I changed my schedule specifically so that you guys could actually hear me this week. That's great. It's <laughs> nice to be able to hear you. And um, can you still honk while you're just sitting there? Uh, or is that like a no-no? No, that might actually end in me getting stabbed. Okay, well, don't do that then. So, yeah, <laughs> Maybe I'll have to I'm currently look in, I'm, in, I'm in a busy, busy truck stop right now, and there's some angry people in these places. So mm. best not to wake them up. Yes, don't wake them up. You be safe. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so welcome back, everybody. This is super fun for me every month to get on. And uh, as we were discussing before we officially started the show for like the first. 15 minutes or so of just banter. I'm sure we could all just chat forever. But in order to make sure that we stay on topic and actually talk about something that other people would be interested in hearing as well, we have a topic for the week. And the the Discord discussion this week was around side quests and pulling up our favorite side quests, which are the ones that we really enjoyed from the games, which ones really resonated with us. And so each of you is bringing the story of a side quest and your experience with that side quest. So let's just kick it off. We're going to go backwards alphabetically this week. Woman on Fire, what side quest are you bringing to the show this week? I am bringing the Silver Shroud from Fallout 4. The Silver Shroud. Yes. A classic. Yes. So uh, dive into this a little bit for anybody who either never played Fallout 4 or played Fallout 4, but somehow missed uh, this wonderful, iconic uh, quest line. Sure. Um, so the quest basically takes place in four acts, if you will. Um, act one, uh, as you're approaching Good Neighbor, you pick up on a radio signal. And if you tune into it, uh, you get to head in and meet Kent Connolly, uh, a pre-war ghoul who hangs out in the memory den. And he asks you to head to Hubris Comics and pick up mm-hmm. the Silver Shroud costume and props. So that's right. That whole and the Silver part. Shroud w- was what <clears throat> for for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah, Silver Shroud is one of the uh, kind of iconic comics from Fallout series. A uh, member of the Unstoppables. Uh, and yeah, he's like are, the dude with yeah. the uh, the fedora, fedora. Yeah, and a gray yeah. trench coat. Um, they are making a. The they've had radio plays for a while. In fact, the uh, the signal that you're tuning in is um, a radio play, and they are they were in the process of filming a TV series when the bombs fell. Mm-hmm. And he would like Very you to cool. pick up those uh, those costumes. So so yeah, so you get the yeah. costumes, and then where where do you go from there? So from there, you head back to Good Neighbor, and uh, Kent convinces you to take on the persona of the Silver Shroud. And he gives you tips over the radio about uh, some uh, never-do-wells that are hanging around town, and you take care of them for him. (laughs) (laughs) And as you do so, uh, you could do so in character as the Silver Shroud, and uh, you leave a calling card to let them know that the Shroud was there. Awesome. Awesome. So, and, um, yeah. <laughs> go on, go ahead. Sorry. So in act three, uh, Hancock asks to meet with you. Um, and after some fairly amusing banter, he sends you after two more criminals and their gangs who are out in Boston. But then when you get back to Good Neighbor, you discover that Kent has been kidnapped by Sinjin, the leader of the gangs. 
In Act Four, you held. <clears throat> excuse me. You head to Milton General Hospital to confront Sinjin and hopefully rescue Kent. And that is the Silver Shroud quest. Very cool. Now, now, why did you choose this one? What's the reasoning behind it? I have several reasons why I absolutely love this one. So one of the first ones is just the character of Kent Connolly. I love him. He's a comic book nerd. He runs a radio station dedicated to preserving these stories from the past and he gets really obsessive with his interests, which I maybe relate to just a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he wants to bring these comics to life and do good around the town, but he isn't quite brave enough to do it for himself. So he convinces you to do it. And I just I just find that so endearing and so amusing. Um, <clears throat> one of the other aspects of uh, this quest that I really love is all the detail that you find when you go to Hubris Comics. So when you're in the comic shop, if you look through all the monitors and stuff, a whole story unfolds about the production of the Silver Shroud TV show. And you find out that there's been all kinds of drama with casting, mostly to do with the Mistress of Mystery, who is one of the members of the Unstoppables and apparently the Shroud's lover. Mm. Now, what's really fun, and I love finding this out, I haven't played very far in 76, but I played far enough to find this. So on the radio, according to the terminals in Hebrews Comics, the Mistress of Mystery is played by Shannon Rivers, but the producers of the TV show replace her with another actress, which causes one of the writers to quit in protest. In 76, you can go to Shannon Rivers' mansion. Shannon has survived the war, and she finds she has founded the Order of Mysteries. And on her computer in her West Virginia mansion are emails from none other than superfan Kent Connolly. And in true comic nerd fashion, he's griping about continuity and costuming. But we also find out that he's pretty sharp. And he teaches uh, Shannon's husband, who has been creating this whole underground layer for her, uh, how to use ballistic weave. <laughs> I just I loved that tie-in and how that went back and forth. And I when I found that computer and the emails from Kent Connolly, I was just ridiculously delighted. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I loved the Mistress of Mystery uh, quest line in Fallout 76. That was one of I my favorite ones. I haven't gotten super far on that. Um, it's requiring me to go to some areas I'm definitely not high level enough for yet. But mm. starting that off and getting through that part was yeah it in uh I'm, i won't spoil anything but it it resolves itself uh interestingly and uh it's fun it's it's fun to follow the whole the thing all the way through and find out what happens with their little gang of you know mistresses sorry i said i very much want to one of these days i will get far enough to do that <laughs> awesome awesome well yeah what a great great quest line to start with um does anybody else have any experiences or thoughts they'd like to share about this one? Well, I absolutely love that quest line and that character because he's based off an actual radio play, uh, The Shadow. Have any of you ever yes. listened to The Shadow? Yep. I've heard of it, but I have not listened to it. Um, Who knows? Shadow knows what evil lives in the hearts of men. The Shadow knows. <laughs> oh, it's such a great campy 50s radio show that's and, part of uh, what's so oh, sorry go ahead <laughs> and 
just like in the video game, they were they made a really cheesy TV show. They made a, a movie, and uh, the radio dramas are actually based pretty closely to a few episodes of The Shadow. So, you know, check it That's out. That's so great. Yeah, YouTube. I need to look that up. I've I've heard of it. I've never actually watched it or listened. Oh, I, oh, they're great. They're, they're so campy. I love them. <laughs> That's so good. Anybody else have any any experiences to share about discovering this in Fallout? I was just going to say, um, personally, as I may have mentioned this before, I have not had the opportunity to play Fallout as much as I want, just from a lack of being able to get to a console. But I do watch and read a lot. And I do love that tie-in between the Shroud, which I definitely played through in 4, into 76, and having that focus on the Mistress of Mysteries and just more on the, the whole radio plays and pop culture of the time. And the, the Silver Shadow is just so cool. Yeah, I have a Silver Shadow uh, t-shirt I wear to work on occasion, and I'm sure nobody knows what it is. They're like, oh, it's the dumb t-shirt with the funny guy with the fedora. I gotta get that <laughs> shirt. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Be, oh. I'll be. Go ahead. Oh. Well, it's a funny thing. When you first announced Under the Shroud uh, mm-hmm. on your network mm-hmm. here, I got so hyped because I thought, like, oh my God, it's a show about the Silver Shroud. Now, oh my God. I, I wasn't disappointed, mind you. Ian does great work, but uh, that's something you should look into there, Tom. Oh, if I was as talented at writing characters and uh, doing dialogue as he is, that would be, uh, it would just, it would take so much for me to be able to do that. But that would be amazing. <laughs> if you know anybody else who's a great writer and anybody who wants to voice some characters doing a really campy, like 50s, you know, shroud, uh, actual, like, you know, dra- radio drama would be amazing. Anybody else out there listening right now, if you guys want to get that started, uh, let us know. Jump on the Discord. I'm sure we can pull together some people who would want to join you in doing that. That would be great. <laughs> the, the Silver Shroud always gives me like a huge film noir feel, but is it still film noir if it's over the radio? Uh, it's a radio noir. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seriously, listen to The Shadow. You will understand how it is. You get that that film noir feel. Like seriously, listen listen to it. Yeah, that sounds great. One uh, just pro tip uh, before we wrap up this this side quest. Um, the T shirt I got was from the Bethesda store. Uh, we're coming up on the time of the year, both now for like Black Friday, early Christmas sales, but then also after Christmas. Uh, sometimes like the Bethesda store or wherever will do these like fifty percent off or more on these like T shirts and stuff. So. Like I've got, I've got jackets I wear from the store that were like 10 bucks because they were on clearance. So, uh, if I, if I notice it, I'll put it up on the discord and you guys can go grab shirts and stuff. Cause that's absolutely the time to go stock up on that, that stuff. So thank you, uh, woman on fire. And is there anything you wanted to close off your section with anything else you wanted to add? I think the only other thing I would add is that people tend to dog on the voice protagonist fallout for, but in the silver shroud, it's such a, perfect part of the quest and i always play with the the female protagonist and courtney taylor just rocks it and it's hilarious and i love it so yeah awesome yeah i still haven't done a full playthrough as a female i've um i did my full my first full playthrough as a male but then uh i guess i've always almost gone back to another guy character usually this was back when i was streaming uh before I started streaming again, I've streamed on and on and off over the years and, you know, built characters with the community and tried to do like super goofy looking dude and like things like that as characters. But anyway, that's a story for another time. 
Um, thank you for bringing that. That was awesome. So yeah. let's move forward with Victor. Victor, what do you bring into the show this week? Cracks Knuckles. Um, the Cabot family household, the Cabot line of quests from Fallout 4. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gloss over a little bit of what actually happens um, for the quest itself, simply because my main interest is the background and lore it gives us. Sure. Um, yeah, go for it. Essentially, you are approached by a ghoul in, I know you can get it in third rail, a bar in Diamond City, and I don't remember where the third place is. Um, but you get approached by Edward Deegan, a ghoul, who's like, yo, you might be the kind of guy I need to do some work, but my boss insists on interviewing everybody. Come to the Cabot House. And so you go into downtown Boston. There's a very incredibly well-kept kept up house. You go in, you get introduced to Jack Cabot. Um, and he tells you that a courier with a case of serum has been waylaid. And it's up to you to go to the Parsons State Mental Facility in St. Asylum. I don't remember what the full title is. And he, he, I love that immediately, don't worry, it's just a secure facility we're using. Don't be freaked out by the name. <laughs> um, so you have to go there. And the courier was killed by raiders. You have to find the uh, go find those raiders, take the serum back to Jack Cabot. And then while you're there... The insane asylum gets attacked, so you and Jack Cabot have to go there because, lo and behold, Jack's father is being held in the basement. And this is when you start to find out a lot more about why the serum was so important, why Jack's father uh, was held in the basement. Um, Mm -hmm. The end of the quest gives you the option of basically siding with the father or the son, which gives you different loot. Um... And that'll, like I said, that'll be more explained into the why I love this. And I love it because it's so deeply rooted in one of the divergences of the Fallout timeline that is pre-World War II. Um, And the kind of world that the Cabot family comes out of, because spoiler alert, they're over 400 years old, um, is Victorian England. Well, not, not Victorian England, but the Victorian era. So, so it goes back that far. That's really cool. Yeah, um, I believe, as far as we know for certain, it, thanks to Mothership Zeta, we know it goes back to the Sen, uh, Sengoku Jidai, the samurai period of Japan, because there's Japanese samurai who has been kidnapped in the Mothership Zeta DLC. Right, yeah. But with Jack Cabot, um, his father Lorenzo Cabot, in 1865, I want to say is the... Nah, in the, 18, in the late 1800s, uh, takes a trip overseas to go to Saudi Arabia to do an archaeological dig because he's convinced that there is an alien civilization there. And everyone, including his own son, is laughing at him, thinking that he's just an old man going senile and he's chasing fairy tales. Well, if you actually read Lorenzo's diary, they do find it. And they hit stone... Then they're trapped in like a sandstorm for three days, and then they uncover the entire temple, open a sarcophagus, and according to the diary, all of the workers leave. Lorenzo's partner goes pale white, and the, whatever it was was wearing some sort of crown. So he takes it out of the sarcophagus, and he's writing in his diary, and he's right in front of him. He's like, it's tempting me to put it on. Well, after he puts it on, 
he has this summit, sudden burst of clarity, says, some of my assumptions were incorrect, but doesn't actually say how they were incorrect. Comes back to the States, goes on a killing spree. And the only reason that he's saved is because the family is so powerful that Jack is able to pull some strings with the government, found a mental institution, and keep his father in the basement. To try to, because he knows it's such a sudden personality change. Clearly something about this trip changed Lorenzo, and so Jack wants to, to cure him, because it's his dad. Right. And over the century, over the time, he manages to develop this serum out of Lorenzo's blood that imbues um, youth, uh, immortality, and I believe the Cabots also do have a bit more strength than the average human. Mm-hmm. Also um, makes drinks taste better. Really? I didn't know no, that I'm, part. I'm just, of ma- I'm just making that up. That's, uh, I'm just being silly. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> so, Thanks to both the father, who is being affected by the, the artifacts, and the family, who is able to take the artifact effects out of Lorenzo's blood, they're basically immortal now. And so Jack has all of the time in the world to try to cure his father. And the reason I kind of skipped out on the loot is because at the end of the quest line, you end up in the basement, and you are given the choice of killing Lorenzo to help Jack, because if you take Jack's side, Lorenzo is a murderer, is a murderous sociopath. But you can also release Lorenzo and uh, take the attitude that Jack has been imprisoning his father for all these years. So that's definitely a bit of he said, she said, especially if you want to, how far you want to take your belief of the supernatural and the alien within the Fallout universe. Right. Right. Man, that's, so, that's quite, quite the story with the big dilemma. I didn't realize that that was all connected. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. And the, the main reason, like I said, the main reason I love it is because it's, it's so rooted in history. The t- period of time that Lorenzo Cabot made us trip, Victorian England and America were in the throes of both um, Egyptology, this obsession with the exotic, especially from Egypt and the Orient. Oh yeah, totally. Um, but also with the uh, kind of faith practice almost of spiritualism um, that has to do with communing with spirits. Uh, That's where you get like all the old school seances, speaking with the dead. Um, Yeah, it was very common back in the time. If you were anybody of any uh, uh, amount of, you know, money that you would attend seances regularly as, you know, partly to commune with the, the dead, your, your ancestors, but it was also kind of a social thing that you would get together and do these. And yeah, yeah that um, was a big buzz around the time for sure. Actually, two of the most famous uh, women of history out of that era that we still know about that were heavily expe- uh, affected by spiritualism is anybody ever hear of the Winchester Mystery House? She mm-hmm. built it. Because she is the she's the widow of the man who founded who was uh, founding the Winchester Rifle Company, and at a séance, she was told, "Yeah, you're going to be haunted by the spirits of every single person who was ever killed by a Winchester, unless you build this house." So that's People why are still getting killed by Winchesters. <laughs> I know, right? like her ghost has ghosts, and then also spiritualism is theorized to be one of be the main downfall of um, Mary Todd Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln's wife, uh, she allowed herself or was, um, depending on how you want to put it, manipulated by uh, people who did seances 
into believing that she could contact um, her, at least one of her sons who had already died, and then, of course, her husband. So you've got that error in that culture of both the exotic East, and then you've also got this questionable science of spiritualism going on, because there were some scientists who totally believed it. And then there were other scientists who were like, that's all hogwash. And it was, it was definitely a weird cultural thing to see, to, to see Bethesda pull inspiration out of that era and then take the whole Egypt thing, flip it on, on its head by kind of adding aliens and then making them immortal so that you can see them in, you know, a modern era. And Jack, Jack really acts like, you know, the modern enlightened man. Um, I have a feeling that if he had ever been introduced to Mr. House, uh, he, they would have gotten along famously. That's awesome. Yeah. Can you imagine a game set in that time period made by some of the people who write for Bethesda games? That would be, that would be awesome. Be still my beating heart. Um, so yeah, I, I do apologize that I definitely went on a little bit longer, but it's, it's such a big topic. And in the end, the main reason I like it is it gives us more lore into, into Fallout. I've heard, and I also agree that it's entirely possible at the end of the quest when you talk to Jack, one of the possible things is like, well, what are you going to do now after Lorenzo dies? And he talks about going to the Southwest because he's heard that there's a possible alien, there's a possible alien civilization there as well, which mm. leaves us a small opening for a possible Fallout 5. Because um, the Institute was like a small thing in Rivet City in 3. Right. Yeah. yeah, there's there's lots of little places where they'll, they'll hint at other things that could totally be expanded into more content in other places. Yeah, yeah they leave so that would bring us back to California, wouldn't it? Southwest? It, it would. Yeah, Mojave. totally. He specifically says that, that it's in the Mojave, so we'd probably be south of Vegas. Yep, um, Fallout 5 New Vegas. Oh, man, I can't wait. <laughs> I know, right? Please. <laughs> dog, were you going to add something? A new New Vegas. New <laughs> New Vegas. That'd be awesome. Uh, so yeah, it's just I'm I'm a gigantic history nerd, especially for that era. And it just it ties in so many of the historical things that I love researching and then adds that really cool fallout alternate history, aliens might be real element to it to make it just even that much cooler cooler. Cause like the weapon you can get is like the Zeta gun, which uh fires the field that keeps Lorenzo uh mm. cooped up. So definitely alien technology there to a degree. Yeah, it's so cool. So cool. Does anybody else have anything to add to this? I know this when this section went a little bit long, but do you guys did you play through this quest? Does anybody have any recollections yeah. of, of any of this? Isn't there the alien crash site in Fallout 4? It's south of Grey Garden. And you can get yep. the alien monster there. Yep. You yep. Uh, Fallout 3 has an alien crash site and Fallout 4 has an alien crash site, I believe. Well, that, that you Zeta actually get to watch the ship crash in Fallout 4. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Oh, right. You yeah, see you it come down. Level 10. Gosh. Yep. Well, my question is, is the Zeta gun is the same technology used to imprison Cabo and, and keep him, uh, Lorenzo, under wrap and his power subdued? The thing is, it's like when you look at the model of the Zeta gun Jack Cabot gives you, it is very uh, slapdash uh, just simply because he doesn't have a full machine shop to work with. And yeah, because he literally just slapped the stone on a, uh, on a radiation gun, didn't he? Essentially, yeah. So that kind of brings up two things. Are the Zetans, which we know are the, the main aliens in Fallout thanks to Mothership Zeta, were they the ones in Saudi Arabia, and are they going to be the ones in the Southwest? Or is there more than one alien species? I think that would be cool if there was more than one alien species that we could interact with. Yeah, that, that would be cool. I don't know of a second species that's ever been hinted at. I believe everything has always been hinted at the, the Zetans and any of the uh, iconography or bodies or any of the other stuff that I've seen has always looked like uh, Zetans. Um, well, but, Gal- Gallifreyans are canon in Fallout. Are they? Are they? Oh. What, so what are those? Explain those. Doctor Who <laughs> makes an appearance in the first game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, i mean satans are the you know typical little green alien guys with the big heads and everything but it's not really clear if the alien race that we're talking about in saudi arabia and possibly the southwest is the satans or if it's another one and i i'm kind of leaning towards being another one because i always got the feel from the mothership zeta dlc that it was just an observation mission for that species. And when mm-hmm. we're talking about Saudi Arabia and the Southwest, that's civilization. Yeah. To me, that's just possibly, you know, even an extinct race of aliens, possibly, or a lost colony of aliens. Yeah, it could go all sorts of places. Yeah, there, it's, it's vague enough that you could make some sort of justification for a number of different uh, uh, possibilities. So, of course, uh, you know, that's kind of how they like to leave it, you know? Yeah, the, Bethesda's actually really good at not writing themselves into a corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for bringing that. That is a really cool topic and some really cool time periods. And, of course, Aliens. I wore my Aliens uh, uh, Fallout Lorecast shirt this week, too. Oh, where did I go? Um, if you haven't seen it, it's on the store. It has uh, Mr. Handy with, like, a, you know, puffy hair, like the Aliens guy from the... <laughs> TV. And, oh my god, I need to buy that. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. If you go if you go to the um robotsradio.net website there, you click on shop, you'll see it. There's some there's some funny shirts. I think you can even get it on a pillow. I don't think anybody's ever bought a pillow from my store, but if you I wanted a pillow, 
I will be the first man to buy a pillow off of you. And if you but sell blankets, we already know about weakness for blankets. I'll buy every single blanket you put stuff on. <laughs> you should just awesome. sell a blanket that is just your face. Just my face. Well, there is that. There is the one on the store. If you if you guys remember this from what like a month and a half back when we were all joking around, and uh, Derp was like, you know, you should design a shirt that. And then he started like explaining, like I would pay a hundred dollars for a shirt that you only print one time or something like that. And I was like, okay, well, what would be on it? And so it turns out it's like a picture of my face with incorrect grammar and spelling saying something like I, I gave this guy a hundred dollars for this shirt and it's like full <laughs> prints, like leopard prints. And it's like this really goofy picture of my face. And that Amazing. is actually still up on the store. So if anybody buys it, it's still there for a hundred dollars. If anyone's crazy enough to buy that shirt, <laughs> and once it's purchased, it will not be sold anymore. I will take it off the store. But oh, I don't. I, I totally don't expect anyone to buy it. Please don't. Do not buy that shirt. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a joke. Um, totally gonna buy that shirt. <laughs> So uh, I should I should say something like, you know, if someone buys that shirt, I'll just donate the money to charity or something, because like, that's ridiculous. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. Well, we were going to go to Navy Justin, but uh, Navy Justin just dropped off the, uh, the chat. I hope they aren't having internet issues and are able to come back. Um, so we're going to jump over to True Dog. A True Dog, welcome. How's it going? Good. Having a good time so far. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to see uh, what, what side quest you bring up. What, what are you bringing this week? Well, the quest is called Come With Me or Come Fly With Me, and it's from Fallout New Vegas. And I really struggled with whether I wanted to go to Fallout 3 or and do Oasis, which is, I think, what Navy Justin was going to do. Um, but I chose this quest instead. Okay, so uh, come fly with me. That's like a famous uh, Sinatra song, I believe. Yeah, as yes. I was looking it up, a lot of the quests were uh, Sinatra songs as the main quest title. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Vegas, there's, the Rat Pack, there was some, you know. There was some Dean Martin in there, too. Full yeah. Lottery. Yep. I think there's some Elvis in there too. Yep. Yep. Especially with the Elvis gang. But um, so why this quest? What, uh, tell us a little bit about it. Oh, this quest is really funny. And I was thinking back to what made me laugh the most. And the ending of this one is really funny. Uh, you get this quest from Manny Vargas in Novak. And he asks you to go kill some ghouls at the Repcon facility, which is the rocket facility north of uh, Novak. And it's because they're running out of junk that they use to sell. So no one's going to come to Novak. And a lot of the quests, when they end up kind of um, like messenger boy quests, where just go do this, kill this person, they bum me out. And this one felt really alive and full as you went along. So you head north, you get into the Repcon facility, and it seems like it's going to be another messenger quest. You're just killing ghouls, looking around. And someone on the intercom gives you a call and tells you to come to the third floor. And what was funny about this is the person sounded like a ghoul. He had that deep, raspy voice that ghouls have. And when you get up right. there, he's smooth skin. He's a you know, non-ghoulified human. His name is Chris Havendish, I think it was. And uh, Haverson, that's what it was. And I thought that was funny because you get a dialogue option where you can try to reconvince him that he's human and he's not a ghoul and he totally just brushes you off yeah yeah he totally believes he's a ghoul 
and uh, talks to you like a ghoul. He sounds like a ghoul. He calls you a smooth skin. Um, yeah, all the other ghouls are just letting him believe that he's a ghoul. They just go about it like, ah, yeah, yeah, he, he thinks he's one. Um, yes, I, I remember this quest very clearly. In fact, uh, a few months ago when I tried to jump back into New Vegas before it started crashing on me, I streamed, I believe I streamed the beginning of this quest line again. Um, so where does this end up? Oh, you, you mentioned the other ghouls there. So they're using Chris as a, uh, for his mechanical expertise. Uh, the ghouls that are using him uh, are part of this weird cult. And they're led by a ghoul who's a glowing one. And his name is Jason Bright. And they're trying to get to the sacred place on the Great Journey. And they were at the Revcon facility because they wanted to use the rockets to do something to get to this, you know, Great Journey. But they get kicked out of the basement by demons. And so I'm already intrigued. There's like this myth. It's kind of funny also, like I'm having a good time, but you go down to the basement and find out they're not really demons. They're nightkin, the super mutants that have become addicted to stealth boys and their skin changes and they go schizophrenic because they're affected by the uh, fields that the stealth boys use to make them invisible. And that's when you meet another really funny character called Davison and He's a nightkin, but he has this bleached Brahmin skull that he calls Antler. And in his like paranoid schizophrenic reality, Antler makes all the decisions for him and leads his nightkin, which he's like the leader of. But he's just like the mouthpiece for this schizophrenic portion of his mind that he believes is Antler, the, the talking Brahmin skull that he holds. And... From that point, they kind of get a little messenger questy. He sends you to the basement. You run into another ghoul down there named uh, Harrison. And uh, well, at that point, you managed to find the manifesto for the stealth boys. And they were sent back out of the facility. So you head back to him, get him to leave and kind of go on his way. And the ghouls head down to the rocket site. And it's at that point that you can finally convince Chris that he's human and that the ghouls were kind of manipulating him. And in true obsidian fallout, you know, storytelling, you can convince him to get revenge on the ghouls and rig their rockets to blow up because what they were really trying to do is use the rockets to get off the planet and go to this great journey. Um, So it either ends with you seeing these rockets with a bunch of ghouls strapped to them, take off into space or you can be kind of scandalous and blow them up at the start of their journey. And well, that's the end of them. So which one did you choose the first time? I always try to be a paradigm of humanity when I... <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so me too. <laughs> I'll try to help them make it, you know, I think you get some karma for getting them a little closer if you have the high enough science skill to hack the computer. But to be honest, it's really fun to blow them up and just go on with your day. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love when, uh, these quest lines involve, uh, different groups and they're not even just like <laughs> a bunch of, uh, ghouls and then nightkin and like the dilemma between the two. And then not only that, but you've got like the crazy guy who thinks he's a ghoul, but then you've got like the crazy nightkin who's talking to a skull and there's just like the whole like ridiculousness of the whole thing. And you're like, all right, I, yeah, okay, I'll help you guys out. All right, I'll try to convince this guy who's insane. Yeah, like, you just end up in this most ridiculous situation. I, I, I love the, you know, the, the dynamic that comes out from things like that. 
It's totally bizarre, and I think that's why I like it so much. Because like you're sent on this quest by humans to remove ghouls, and then you're sent on the quest by the ghouls to remove Nightkin, and it's just by the end of it, you have no idea where your loyalties lie or what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, the rest of you guys, remember this quest or have anything Man, you want to share? I always felt so bad for that human for for Chris there. Yeah. <laughs> why? why was, specifically? He was, well, he was he was an outcast in the vault that he lived that he lived in. Um, he was an outcast uh, at all the communities he went through. Like, admittedly, he was an outcast because by his own doing, by claiming to be a ghoul, and then he he finds this community who accepts him, but they don't really accept them they're they're literally just using him because he's a mechanical engineer that's like yeah I, I, like I, I think it has a happy ending for him if you choose the the good karma option and um yeah, he'll he go goes to, to novak right yeah he'll go to novak to help the town out but like man they don't treat my boy chris very well <laughs> i was i was going to say um I, I've watched the playthrough on this, and isn't this the quest where if you have, like, a ridiculously low intelligence, you can fuck it up by, like, pressing the buttons, bod, and, like, just accidentally making it explode by having just a really low intelligence? I, I wouldn't I put so. it past them. Is it? Do you think so, Aperture? Just mash the so, yeah. and they blow up. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, know, I know you've got the option, from what I remember of the playthrough that I saw, you've got the option of the stupid option, the trust whatever they put in there and push the button option, and then if you have a high enough science, you can, like, readjust their course to make it better, if mm, I remember correctly. Yeah. You're absolutely correct, Vic. It all sounds right. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Anyone else have any thoughts on this one? I found that one so interesting because of the, uh, you don't run into a lot of, um, sane glowing ones and, uh, Jason Bright was very interesting. Yeah. And his name was bright and he was glowing. That always hit me funny. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. You don't usually the glowing ones by that point are totally, you know, well beyond sanity for sure. The only well, other same following one I know of is Oswald the Absurd from Nuka World. Yeah, I think he is the only other one. There's yeah, another one. Scene there's glowing. another one. There's another one in uh, the Broken Steel DLC who's uh, selling the uh, the uh, Aqua Pura, the irradiated still- purified water. No, oh, I haven't played through that one. <laughs> Huh. I really liked I really liked this quest though too because it featured uh, Flight of the Valkyries. Yes, I forgot about that. You're right, it did. That's awesome. It's well, just so delightful to see those rockets take off. <laughs> yes, that that was always fun too. True Dog, thank you for bringing this one. This was this was really cool. Anything you want to wrap it up with? Just a question for you guys. When I was kind of looking through this, I came across. Reference to Molmen, there's uh, No Bark Noonan, one of the quest givers, and one of his yeah. rambles talk about Molmen and timeshares. And do you guys, because I know that Fallout seventy six has Molmen, but there's not a lot of lore about them. Do any of you guys know about this? Because I, I kind of hit a blank once I read that. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't recall that that was a thing because I haven't really gone back and, and reread those since playing uh, seventy six to notice. The similarity and you're right there isn't a ton of information about the moment out there 
uh, it tends to be pretty vague as to what actually happened with them. Um, anybody else have any insight? Obsidian I, is I, out here playing the long game. Wow. Um, I was just going to say, I did double check the wiki page for glowing ones. And it did specifically say that the only two exceptions are um, come fly with me and Nuka world for saying glowing ones. Hmm. Well, I wonder about the, uh, um, the other one. I may, have been mis- I, I may have been misinformed. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, I didn't, re- that one takes place in like, isn't it called like the ninth layer or wherever, where the ghoul civilization is. And I don't remember any ones. No, it's not. It does not take place in the, uh, the 12th circle, but, um, it, uh, is outside, uh, Megaton. And now uh, that I think about it, I think they just have a caged glowing one. That hmm. would make sense. It's kind of like yeah. a salesman spiel. Yeah, I think so. Cool. Cool. Well, True Dog, thank you. Thank you for bringing that. Um, and we have uh, Navy Justin back uh, just in time. Navy Justin, I'm, I'm, I was worried you kind of disappeared off the uh, Discord call, but welcome back. Yeah, hey. sorry about that. Uh, out here in the sticks, internet. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Hey, so what, what uh, side quest did you bring for us? Uh, my side quest was Oasis from Fallout 3. I think you're breaking up a little bit. Oh, guys sorry about that. So uh, I heard Oasis from Fallout and then it cut out. Is that better? Uh, I heard, is that better? <laughs> Keep talking. We'll see if this works. If not, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going off my phone internet right now. Um, yeah, it's uh, Oasis from Fallout 3. I just thought that was just an intriguing story everywhere else in the wasteland. Okay, yeah, tell us a little bit about how that, how that quest line goes. Well, it's, this is, I'm not sure if it's the same for everyone, but how I discovered it, uh, just walking around the waste, you hear uh, three dogs say on the radio talking about, have you ever seen a tree, a real-life tree? And he talks about seeing this place called Oasis. Well, that gives you a little map marker. You go to it, and you're... You're introduced to, uh, I'm trying to think of tree, the tree mender. They have this nice little oasis with all these trees and lush or lush green all in the middle of the wasteland. And uh, you talk through them. It's basically all re- religious and back, excuse me, religious and back to nature. And they say that, uh, what they think is their God wanted to talk to you. So you go through this little ceremony and you go, go inside uh, another grove and you meet, I, I wouldn't call uh, I'd say he was affected by FOV. You see him in multiple fallout, fallouts, uh, as uh, someone might correct me on this. Uh, uh, Herbert, I think it's his name. Harold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Harold. And he does show up in Fallout 1 and Fallout 2. And uh, he starts out as a guy with like a twig growing out of his head. But by Fallout yeah, 3, yeah. he's made it to the Capital Wasteland and is like a full blown tree person. And it is. Who is different from the human. Yeah. But he likes calling him uh, Herbert. Because he thinks it's funny. 
<laughs> I just uh, call him that to annoy him. Yeah, pretty much, yep. Uh, little lore behind it, which I think is really interesting. He, his, back when he was human, he was with uh, the guy that becomes the master. He was in the same group and fell into the same pot of FOB, changed him into the ghoul that he is now. Yeah, yeah, that's all, all the way back from Fallout 1. Yep. Now, did you play through Fallout 1 and Fallout 2? Yes, I have. Nice, nice. So when you saw this in Fallout 3, did it, did it come back to you? Did you go, oh my gosh, this is, this is the same person? This is connected? Well, not at first when he first started talking, but as soon as he said, said the joke about calling him Herbert and his name was Bob, that brought back a memory of a joke. He said, I think it's in Fallout 2 that he, you meet him and he says that joke too. That's cool. That's cool. So I remember um, coming across the Oasis in, actually, you know what? You know what it was? I, was, I had played through Fallout 3 and then um, my wife decided to start playing it on her own because she had enjoyed watching and helping me make decisions because she, she had never played a Fallout game. She didn't really know much about Bethesda games in general yet at all and um then she picked it up and started playing it and i remember i i didn't come across the oasis on my own she found it before i ever found it and i remember i think we were having a conversation one night and i was like so how's how's fallout going because she was able to play and i i wasn't I, I had to be out of town or something for work and she's like oh yeah i found this place that was like crazy there was like a, a tree guy and everything was green and i was like what wait, what? She was like, yeah, yeah, there's a place where everything's green. There's lots of plants and stuff. And I'm like, in Fallout 3? <laughs> what are you talking about? And she's like, here, I'll show you. And she had to like go find it. And then I think you, you crawl through like a, a cave or like a, a crevice in the, in the um, cliff side or something. And you get back into that area where it's actually all green and, and grown, right? It's like a cave mm-hmm. system with lots of plants. Um, yeah, that was my first uh, experience with this. Um, what about the rest of you guys? Do you remember this one? Well, I've got a question for both of you. I remember it very clearly. What did you do at the end of the quest? Did you uh, give Did you give him peace and kill him, or did you do what the tree menders wanted and uh, rub that that salve on his heart, which made him like grow ten times as fast? Navy Justin, what did, what did you do? Well, that's actually one of the main reasons I picked it. it. It's such a, it's a moral dilemma. You take, take his life. For me, it's, I, I always play a good character and taking lives really wasn't my thing. And, uh, but eventually I, I saw the truth in it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give him mercy. And I, I ended it. And I, he, he was in pain. He wanted, wanted it. And so I, yeah, that makes sense. I think I made the same choice. Um, yeah, because he, out, he yeah. outright begged you to. Right, right. It seemed like, no, this is really what he wanted. It's his life. He should have that option, but he can't do it for himself. So I, I need to help him with this. I think that's how I, I went about it, too. Good this question. This one was so tough for me. Like, I, I always struggled with this one. I wasn't sure because it seems like two evils, honestly, to me. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's dark. It's totally dark. Well, 
and I was going to say, I really like how Bethesda, because th- this kind of dilemma comes up twice with Bethesda, because I'm reminded of the CEO of Nikola down in the bowels of Nuka World, where you've got like two options and somehow giving the person death is more along the lines of what they want. So you right, have to decide. better option. Yeah, well, better option is questionable with the CEO of Nuka-Cola. But you've still got that option of killing, but that kill is not necessarily evil or against the victim's wishes. Yeah, I think Navy Justin put it right with, by calling it mercy. Mm-hmm. The only time it's not mercy is if you use a flamethrower, because then he <laughs> suffers because he's afraid of fire. Yeah, and that's, then, that sucks. Then you have... <laughs> Then you have to fight literally every single uh, tree mender. Uh, no, I didn't do this accidentally. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, he's a tree. I could just burn him. Oh, God. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the opposite of mercy. That's like tortured, burning death. That's, <laughs> that's no good. Yeah, because yeah, he, out, he outright begs you to not use fire. Duh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that now. Now that you bring it up. Yes. So, uh, don't use fire. <clears throat> Oh, that's great. Navy Justin, do you have anything else you wanted to add? Oh, no, it's just that that quest really rang with me, and the the fact that it, it deals with the religion and and the fact that you show mercy on that's in pain. That's a, that's a lot lot hitting me right now, so that's that's why I thought of that one right away. Yeah, yeah, interesting. That's uh, part of uh, so many of these things, the themes that happen in this game, uh, touch on such deep topics, which is part of what makes my job of doing this podcast easier because the content is already there. You know, I, I just have to, you know, look into it and find that nugget of like real deep philosophical question or human dilemma and highlight that. And all of a sudden everything else is just easy, you know, um, at least that's that's my perspective. So great. Uh, another great side quest to, to bring up. Thank you so much for that. All right, let's move on to Aperture Flash uh, last, but definitely not least, although you were last last week as well, but you're also <laughs> not in a truck this week. So uh, yeah. congratulations. I was definitely, le- I was definitely least last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, what are you bringing this week? I, I have a, a simple quest to uh, present to you all. It's 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 one that's always stuck very stuck with me for how how beautiful and simple it is. It's uh, Agatha's song out of Fallout Three. Okay. Now it's pr- it's pretty easy to miss this quest. Um, in the northern parts of the map, you can pick up a uh, radio signal that is an old woman. She's playing classical music. Uh, and um, that's basically what her shtick is. She's, you know, she's got a classical uh, violin radio station. Um, but you can actually find her shack. Um, her late husband had set up the radio equipment to bring traders to their shack because he was a trader himself, but he wanted to be at home. So he figured, why not bring business to me? So he sets up this, this trading thing. He passes away. She has a love of music, and she has a homemade violin. So that's how she spends her hours. She meets with the traders, she chats, and she plays music. And she actually trades her music for her... Um, she's, she's like 78 years old, so 
she doesn't leave her shack very often, so she trades music for basic living goods. But um, she knows um, uh, that she has family when the like extended family when the Great War started. She had extended family that went into Vault Ninety Two, which you just recently did an episode on. Mm-hmm. Um, and she knows through journal entries that her like great 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 grand aunt, I guess, or a rel- a distant relative, uh, left saying that there is a Stradivaria in the uh, in the vault that they're bringing this Stradivarius. Stradivaria, Stradivarius. Stradivarius. It's really furious. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, ah, yeah. Which is like one of the like world's greatest violins. Um, there's only so many of them in existence, and uh, one of them was going into the vault. And Agatha, she's dreamed of playing it, and she feels it's her family right to be able to play it. So she quests you with, "Can you please go get this violin for me?" And, you know, it's, it's a pretty cut-and-dry fetch quest. You know, if you don't know where Vault 92 is, go. she tells you where Vault Tech Headquarters is. You can find out the location of 92 from there. And, you know, you go, you kill the Mylarks, you kill the ghouls, you pick the locks, you get the violin, and you bring it back to her. It's, it's not a complicated quest. Um, you can also find sheet music in there. and she'll and like the reward isn't even that huge you get a, a special pistol called the black uh the black hawk i think it's called um but it's just one of those moments in the wasteland where there's a little bit of like you're doing a nice thing for a nice old lady who's doing a nice thing for the wasteland you know yeah everyone everyone benefits from this quest and like right. she put she plays a lot of Bach, which I like. Uh, little, little known fact about me, but I'm a huge fan of classical and opera. That's usually what's playing for the first two hours of my drive every day. So that, that might be one of the earlier, like, oh, hey, I like this. <laughs> in my life where I was listening to classical radio in Fallout 3. And it, it's, it's all just her playing her violin. And I, I think there's something beautiful about being able to help this kindly old lady who really doesn't have much to offer you yeah it's so simple and human in Mm -hmm. a in a uh, you know everything else in these games can be very complex like a number of the other side quests become very complex but this one is is so simple and sincere and it's just about doing a a kindness for another person In in the best way possible it's being a boy scout Doing right. a good thing simply for doing a good thing. Yeah. I got, I got my merit quest. <laughs> <laughs> and I, d- I remember this quest, and I, the thing that strikes me for it is that for Fallout, when we're playing in the Wasteland, we can see plenty of culture basically about a decade before the Great War. So from like 2067 to 2077. When you rescue that sheet music and when you rescue that Stradivarius, that is you saving one of the very tiny pieces of very classical, very, very old history and culture and preserving it to pass on to the rest of the wasteland. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what makes what Agatha, that what that's what makes bleh, that's what makes what Agatha's doing so important. She's not just a little old lady playing her violin. She's sharing very old, wonderful culture with the rest of the wasteland. Yeah, it's like preserving something that was good from from the previous time period. Musically exactly. saving, beautiful. Musically saving the Mona Lisa, if you will. Right. And, and it, you know, I think it goes a little bit beyond that because it's not like she's just playing a holo. Excuse me, there. It's not like she's just playing a holodisc over the radio and like, okay, yeah, this is some recording. She's actually like playing the music into her microphone. She she records it, yeah, but um. Uh, you can actually hear there's a difference of quality before you do the quest and after you do the quest. It actually, oh. it actually sounds better. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's, cool. that's really nice, actually. Yeah. So. Oh. And, and, and she's just such a sweet old lady. She says, I dedicate this song to Wolfgang. Thanks for coming by and giving me my supplies and having a lovely chat with you. You know, it's, it's just, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, you think Wolfgang was named after Mozart? (laughs) (laughs) Crazy Wolfgang? Well, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Well, and also, just from the attitude, there isn't much... The main thing that gets passed on from person to person is trade, right? Learning how to farm, learning how to make machinery, learning how to make chems, you know, things like that. But I get the feeling that... You're not going to see it because it's a video game, but if there was another Wastelander, you know, child, adult, who was wanting to learn, especially after she got her Stradivarius back, so she's got that spare, she could pass on that knowledge and leave that little glimmer of hope of culture. Culture is what makes us human to a degree. We, culture is what makes us do more than just survive and subsist. It's what allows us to break beyond that. Yeah, it's exactly. one of the um, elements that we, we judge older civilizations on in, uh, you know, the complexity and the security of, of the civilization is, you know, the, the amount of culture the they produce, the mm-hmm. arts, um, because that shows that they're providing enough food and security for people to actually devote time to things beyond uh, subsistence and sur- survival. Uh, Nuka Break actually touches on that in a, a really funny kind of way. Um, and like at how poorly the wasteland's doing. Um, I don't know how many of you have seen Nuka Break, but uh, there's a moment where the main character, Twig, is looking at a wanted poster that features one of his companions. And he says, who, lo- who knows how to draw? Who... This world is full of mutants and monsters and raiders, and this prick takes the time to learn how to draw? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And to a degree, she kind of gets made fun of, even within the game, but I can't remember the name. The the Nuka-Cola super fangirl. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Oh, no, no, that was uh, over in Megaton. But, yeah, it's the... uh, I, I can't remember her name. Hmm. Oh, and she's yes. in two games, too, damn it. Yeah, um, she's, she's in three, and you can get the Nuka Cold memorabilia, and then you meet her in Nuka World, and you help her with the Hidden Cappy quest. Anyways, and, Nuka Girl, oh. go on. Right. To, to a degree, the only other character I've seen that does that kind of thing is Nuka Girl. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's a bit more modern, but she's still preserving 
that art and that pop culture of, yes, it's all about Nuka-Cola, but it's still art. I mean, gosh, how many of us either have or want posters of the Nuka girl, like the, the Nuka blaster girl pinup poster? Well, yes, you but know. for entirely different reasons. <laughs> The inside of uh, Aperture's entire cabin is just wallpapered with those. You, I, you promised me you would never tell, and you've gone and said it on air. <laughs> oh, crap. I forgot. I forgot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, well. Her name was Sierra Petrovita. Yes. Yes, Sierra. Yes, you are correct. Thank you. She, she's doing her part to, you know, in a way, preserve a bit of culture, and then... The only other one I can think of is the fact that Arcade is just so well-read of the uh, literary classics. But the difference with Agatha is she has a skill that, like I said, if there was someone who had the spare time, she could educate. And maybe she has educated. You know, uh, sure, violin itself is difficult to play, but to a degree, you know, you can easily learn how to play simpler songs, fiddle style, if you will. Um, there's also the VL, which can be somewhat easier to play. And just pass along those little bits of knowledge of, hey, there's this thing that makes good noise. Maybe if I have time, I could learn how to play it well and make people happy like Agatha does. Yeah, yeah. I've never it's, thought of it that way, because it's also inspiring. Because she's in a unique position. At Sierra, she had her little museum, and unless you stopped in the girder shade, you'd never really see her or get inspired. But because of her position with the radio tower, there is a chance that someone out there listening could be inspired and even, you know, try it themselves or come looking for her just because she has this skill and she's continuing to broadcast. Right, because we, we know the Wasteland knows of music. Three dog. Thank you. <laughs> Mr. New Vegas. Mr. New Vegas. But with Agatha, you kind of get that step further of we don't have to just listen to the music that is on the hollow discs. Mm-hmm. We can make it. Yeah, and like Agatha's setup is is small and humble. You don't get it in the bottom half of the map. Um, oh, like, I totally. It, it until is like later in my playthrough. Exactly. You actually have to go up north to like her corner of the map to get her. her and you know that's again she she's she's not trying to be famous or anything. She's just putting it out there for people who can catch it. Doing it for the love of doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a really, a really nice uh, topic to end our list of uh, favorite side quests on. So thank you so much for bringing that, Aperture. My pleasure. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we're, we're kind of hitting the end here. Does anybody have anything they want to add before we, we close up and tell everyone how to get a hold of everyone? Any last words or final thoughts? For me, it's just the heart and soul of Bethesda games that makes me fall in love with them. It's not just the intriguing main story quest of, you know, the courier, the lone wanderer, the sole survivor. It's using these side quests to build such a rich and deep world where even at the end of a side quest, you can see there's something beyond the distance and lets your mind imagine. And that's what makes these worlds breathing and living and amazing. That was very well said. It's a great, great night to end it on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, we'll go back through the list and 
have everybody, if you would like to share uh, how other people can get a hold of you or chat with you. And of course, everybody is who's listening is welcome to join us in the discord. Uh, there's a link in the show notes to that. And we have, I don't know how many, we were almost at what, 500 people on the discord. It just grows every day and people are talking about all sorts of fun stuff. So you're always welcome to join us and woman on fire couldn't stay to the end. She had another appointment to go to. Um, but she said to share her Twitter handle, which she has now updated to at firewriter F Y R E W-R-I-T-E-R. So if you'd like to get in touch with her on Twitter, feel free to, to follow at FireWriter. And we're going to go backwards alphabetically back up through the list again. Victor, how can people get a hold of you? Generally, Discord. Um, on the Discord, I'm Victor with, specifically with a K. Feel free to at me, PM me. Um, and I love talking about the, the background and the culture of what the Fallout games are built on, if that's something that you're more interested in and the history side of things. So hit me up. Very cool. Navy Justin, how can people get a hold of you? Well, I'm always active on Discord every day. Go ahead. I'm glad to talk. Any subject, anytime. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, At TrueDog? Yeah, uh, I'm on the Discord as well, and I lurk there a little less so than Victor. And uh, I got an Instagram. It's Oakenpaw, and uh, it's pictures of dogs and uh, only dogs. So if you're into that, go ahead and take a look. It's oh, a fantastic awesome. Instagram. I really recommend checking it out. Well, thank oh, you. I need, to, I need to double check, make sure I, I'm, I'm following lots of people. I need to make sure I'm following yours. <laughs> um, and Aperture Flash. Uh, before I, I say mine, I, I meant to say earlier, I got to give a shout out to Ped. Ped's an awesome person, always giving away her spot on this call. Uh, Ped, we see you. We love you. You do a great job on the Discord. You can always go to Ped with your issues. Uh, so I meant to say that earlier, but I'm saying that now. So you can get a hold of Ped on the Discord. For me, though, <laughs> <laughs> um, you can, again, There's the, like everybody else, there's the Discord. I'm... I'm sort of active on it. I I can't be on it most of the day, but uh, I, I do pop, pop in. in daily. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can catch me on Twitter or Instagram at aperture underscore flash. Um, and if you write a message to me on a truck stop bathroom wall, I will see it. <laughs> Anywhere across the country. <laughs> Anywhere across the, the North America. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and yeah and i'm gonna echo your sentiments ped uh i know you you choose to give away your spot every week but thank you for supporting the show and for being such an awesome uh admin on the discord you do a wonderful job and uh ped is always there if anybody has any questions or anything else also woman on fire and mustang are admins as well who do awesome jobs on the discord and um you know if you ever need anything at all uh don't don't be afraid to reach out to either any of them or to me. Um, and we're always happy to be there. We try to make the discord a very healthy and happy and friendly place for everyone to feel that they can be themselves and talk about the things they care about and, and really just find other people to, to nerd out about the things that we all love. So um, feel free to jump on there. There's a whole fallout section where people are chatting every day about different topics. And if you want to bring up anything else about the side quests that we've been talking about or what your favorite side quest is, feel free to share it on there. I'm sure you will have, 
you know, a number of people jumping in to, to chat with you about those things, as well as uh, myself. I'm on there every day too. So thank you to everybody again. I look forward to doing this again next month. If you decide to uh, stay a tier four or higher patron, then of course you're, you're welcome back. And anybody who's listening, if you'd like to even just be on the show for one month, you're welcome to sign up or to upgrade your patron account, patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. And don't feel bad if you just want to hop on for a month and then downgrade again. I'm, I'm not, you're not going to hurt my feelings. This is here for you guys to have a place to, to join in the fun of being on the podcast. So, um, thank you again to everybody. And you guys know how to reach me. I'm of course on the discord and on Twitter and all sorts of other places. And you know where to look for that. So, uh, I'll just say that. And, uh, until next week for everybody, be, be safe out there in the wasteland, everyone. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you, all of you, all of you wonderful patrons, Victor, uh, Navy Justin, Woman on Fire, who left a true dog and Aperture Flash. I'll see you guys maybe next next month. Until then, have a good month. Don't get distracted by side quests, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and make sure you drink your water, right? Aperture? Yeah, make sure you make sure you drink water and don't get distracted on side quests. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please contact us at falloutlorecast at gmail.com or follow us and post some messages to us on Twitter at falloutlorecast. And if you'd like to support the show, tell a friend, or check out the rewards you can get for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.